0: Welcome um, to the January edition of uh, January 2020, 2021 edition of Geosource Unleashed. Um, we're so thankful to, to put uh, 2020 to bed and um, look forward to a new and exciting year and new content and to continue on uh, this incredible geospatial momentum that we're uh, experiencing in uh, the St. Louis region. Um, so hopefully you've noticed, we've changed the, the, the time up a little bit, move those up uh, a couple hours to uh, give you an opportunity to um, uh, attend these during your work hours. Uh, we understand we're tra- and we're trying to be sensitive to the uh, Zoom fatigue that we're all feeling as we come up on the one year anniversary of this. But uh, we do think it's important that we continue to bring uh, meaningful geospatial content and keep that momentum going. And, and um, certainly, there is uh, an incredible amount of activity uh, going on in the St. Louis region. And I'll talk about uh, about a few of those that we have uh, going on here at T. Rex and the Geospatial Innovation Center um, after uh, our panel discussion. So, um, uh, so with that, um, we're continuing uh, our series to highlight the first ever Arch Grant cohort uh, in the geospatial. Um, You'll uh, Hopefully you've t- you tuned in in December uh, 2020 to hear Ali Al-Jabri talk about um, his exciting uh, work with um, uh, with Quema. So uh, good stuff, uh, a lot of great questions and a lot of great content from Ali. So, um, this month we're going to continue that series with um, our, our second uh, uh, term of these. So uh, really excited to have um, uh, Byron Porter with us uh, today from Hum Industrial. Uh, Byron and I had uh, met each other early on in my uh, my tenure here as the Geospatial Program Director. So um, with that, uh, uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, we'll start the discussion with uh, with Byron. So uh, as I mentioned, um, Byron and I met you early on. Um, uh, when I came over from NGA to T-Rex and, um, did a lot of talk about, uh, geospatial data and technology. Um, uh, but, but can you share with them? I know you shared with me your background. Um, can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it's been, been great. I think it has been in a year or so, Mark, since we first connected, mm-hmm. uh, and you've kind of helped me, uh, get a feel for this because my background is not geospatial at all. Uh, and I feel like I maybe know 1% more than I did a year ago uh, for as much, the amount of uh, uh, tools and technology that there, it's, it's pretty stunning and we're, we're excited for some of what we can do with it. My, my background's in engineering. Uh, I got a degree from BYU out in Utah um, in chemical engineering. And I, I promptly did very little with that, at least on the chemistry side of things. Uh, I am from central Illinois. And, and I went back home and worked after school with um, Archer Daniels Midland, uh, ADM, the big uh, grain and, and ag company. And I was an engineering manager there at, at their largest uh, soy, soy processing plant for, for several years. Uh, and so that's kind of uh, that. That was kind of where I cut my teeth and, and um, got uh, got some experience with what it, what it takes to run industrial business, run a, run a process. And I think really just to understand an operation. You know, how do you take uh, uh, something uh, um, and turn it into something else and ship it to a customer and do that very cost effectively, do that safely, and uh, had a, had a blast doing that. Uh, but. Decided to in 2018 and, and get my MBA at WashU, uh and uh, had no intention of going the uh, the startup path other than maybe possibly working for a startup. Um, but, uh, you know, forces pulled me in that direction and and I was always looking to run my own show. And now here I am. Uh, I've been working on this for a little more than two years now. Uh, we've uh, started Hum. Uh, at least I had the idea for Hum uh, december 2018 uh, and kind of been going after it ever since uh so now we're uh, uh got some got some exciting opportunities and uh, uh happy to share more about that
0: yeah. great and uh, great school byu is i mean it's not the ohio state university but uh, <laughs> hey, not, every, not everybody can get in there so but anyway so um so this is your first entrepreneurial experience um so what what really encouraged you to found a company that's focused uh in the railroad industry
1: yeah i think my engineering nature got the better of me you know as an engineer you look at problems and you think there's got to be a better way of doing this why are we why are we beating our head against the wall and, and doing the same old same old and you know I, uh, when it came to rail you know i i spent uh time working on an off shift you know working nights in the rail yard i'd I, uh, I was a, a supervisor for a crew of guys, and we, you know, bring rail cars in and load them up and and ship them out. And you know, being out there when it was, uh, you know, negative twenty and throwing switches that are frozen, uh, you know, you kind of, I think that's good good experience to understand, you know, how how boots on the ground really have to approach a job, uh, and and that kind of stayed stayed with me. But I would look and see, uh, you know. Real seasoned uh, operators and, and superintendents at my plant uh, who, who uh, had been there at the plant for 40 years who, who could do anything, you know, um, there was never a, a challenge that was something they couldn't overcome. And, and we, would, we would consistently have issues around rail as safety issues. We had folks that got killed. Uh, we had uh, just day in and day out operational issues, not knowing when a train's going to show up uh, for several days on end. Uh, and that leads to all sorts of headaches. You know, if you can't count on uh, a part of your, a critical part of your process, like your raw materials to come in on time, that changes a lot of things. Uh, and they would look at that and just kind of shrug their shoulders and say, you know, hey, you know, railroad's going to do what a railroad's going to do. And that just, that just blew my mind. Okay. You know, they'd never turned down a challenge before. So, uh you know so then i left and and went to wash you and and i got uh interested in entrepreneurship i got interested in in technology uh and, and i started uh understanding iot artificial intelligence uh blockchain distributed ledger technology more and i thought you know there's there's a lot of things that we can we can make a little bit smarter a little bit safer out there in the rail yard uh and in rail shipping for for some folks if we just uh just apply these these technologies to those so uh, that's that's kind of
0: uh, where where Hum uh, uh, came about. Yeah, I was. Uh, that, that's great. I, and I, I saw the participants list earlier. Um, I, I saw one of our uh, one of the people that are dialed in here uh, today that are pro- from WashU um, Entrepreneur School. That's probably uh, pretty proud of you. So uh, Cliff, that's <laughs> well, <good. laughs>
1: we'll we'll do all we can not to uh, give the school a bad name here. So we'll, <laughs> we'll try to we'll try to hold around.
0: Yeah. Okay, well, so so let's dig into the technology of Hum a little bit. So, what what is the basic premise, and how does it work?
1: Yeah, so we we kind of have a, a couple components, uh, and these these aren't groundbreaking, these aren't earth shattering. Many other industries have adopted them, but there's a black hole called the rail industry that that hasn't yet. That's relying on on third sure data infrastructure to to really um, you know manage their information flow. So. First, we provide a wireless network at the rail car. So we have a way of being able to get data off the rail car and get it into the cloud where where it's accessible uh, and do that cost-effectively. And second, that then creates a modular system where we can plug and play different types of devices, different types of sensors uh, that can pull data from the environment, temperature, vibration, uh, impact, uh, GPS, uh, and we can take all that then, now that we have that wireless network, we can we can uh, take all that information to the cloud. And so our, our solution is, starts with the gateway unit uh, that does GPS tracking, uh, and that's got the cellular modem in it. So that allows us to then, uh, through cellular con- communication, get in the cloud. And then we have uh, other specialized devices that monitor different parts or components of the rail car, like the wheels and the bearings, the rail track, actually, we, we can pick up uh, uh, bad spots of rail track through these, through these devices. And you can have live track condition monitoring. Uh, we've got uh, a safety solution, uh, that monitors a, a particular, uh, pneumatic valve on certain types of, of rail cars. And we're doing things in the brake system, uh, brake monitoring, performance monitoring, uh, it leaks from, uh, from tank cars. Uh, those are a, a big issue. So you can start to see as, as we kind of uh, continue to build out our, our product portfolio, we'll have all these different uh, uh, types of, of devices that can kind of solve some, some chronic issues for, for particular folks.
0: Yeah, that's great. And, and so when you, you started all this, you, um, you didn't really, uh, or, or maybe I'm, I don't want to speak for you, but you really didn't have a sense of how geospatial technologies and data could contribute to your, your overall um, product. Is that, is, that, is that fair? Yeah,
1: that's, that's 100% accurate. I had no idea what we could do with it, right? I knew that we had GPS tracking. Uh, we had live track and we do 10 minute pings. Uh, so uh, you can actually know where your rail cars are at which is a huge leap forward for, for most any uh, company that's shipping on rail. Uh, but I didn't realize some of what we're exploring now especially related to track monitoring uh, and just the richness of data, you know, if combining that with drone services, uh, imagery analysis, uh, being able to find grade changes, uh, yeah, there's there, there's a lot that we're we're just kind of scratching the surface on now that I think adds some extra layers uh, of, of value for our customers.
0: Okay, well, I can I can retire now. I have, I have one convert convert. <laughs> so uh, no, I mean that's really what we're trying to do here. We're trying to. Um, expose geospatial data and technologies uh, across multi- multiple in- industry clusters, um, you know, to, to improve decision making and improve products and services. So, um, I mean, I think it's fantastic that, that you're able to effectively integrate and, and connect with the, the right people to advance what you're trying to do. So, um, good on you. So, um, uh, I guess, you um, you know, I, I know you were going full bore um when we first met um and and so then we hit uh this pandemic. So uh for for your development and, and Hum industrials, how um is the uh has the pandemic affected you?
1: Yeah. At first, I looked at everything that was happening you know, back in March and thought, hey, this is great. You know, uh, the trains are still running. Uh, you know, the supply chain is not shut down. So, in fact, it's become you know, even more prominent. This isn't going to hurt our business. And while it doesn't hurt our, the, the ability of our, our customers to really kind of uh, uh, pursue us and, and try to capture our technology, uh, it is it has delayed uh, a lot of things for us with with uh, from a sales side and and uh, sales development uh, not being able to visit customers not not being able to go to conferences that's where you know most of our sales activities happen but even on the product side uh, ever since uh, we started feeling it in January when those first Chinese factories started closing and uh, even now uh, we've got uh, parts inventories uh, components. That are just yo-yoing all over the place, and uh, we're getting six to twelve month lead times now in, in January 2021 uh, from from a variety of issues that are pandemic related. So it's it's kind of killing us on the on the product development side, and we're we're finally rolling out. Uh, we'll be we'll be installing some of de- our first devices here in, in a few weeks. Uh, but yeah, we're we're six to nine months behind where we thought we would be uh, this time last year. So it's it, it's been a challenge.
0: Yeah. Um, so I, I guess if we fast forward to um, December 2021, um, wh- where do you hope to be with, with home and, and your technology?
1: Yeah, we're, we're on track to have a big year. Um, we, we should have about uh, 20,000 cars under contract by the end of the year, uh, primarily from our, our early group of adopters. Uh, we, you know, we've got a lot of folks waiting on product and, and getting it in their hands and, and showing them what we can do with it. So uh, pretty exciting to to finally take some of our early pilot test data or early uh, lab data with've uh, a lot of our core technology and in predictive maintenance has been developed over the last 15 years you know so there's there's a lot of papers published about it uh, uh, there's a lot of uh, of work that's been done already but uh, to finally to finally show kind of a full complete system out there it's uh it's pretty exciting so we, we should be set up here for for a good uh, a good year
0: yeah. That'd be great. Hey, and um, so as far as your, your technology, um, and you know, I, I know it's specifically identified for uh, the rail industry, but the, the the core and the components of, of your technology is that translatable to uh, other uh, industries?
1: It is. It is. You know, we're we're a pure rail company for now. Uh, we're focused on freight and passenger rail. Um, and there's, there's a lot that we can do with that. You know, I say we're an IoT company, Internet of Things company, uh, but we're a Gen 2 IoT company. Uh, the Gen 1 companies, were selling just a, a basic GPS tracker uh, to about anyone who would, who would buy it. And, and that moved across multiple industries. So we're going deep first rather than broad. Uh, but once we do start to, to get into adjacent markets, I mean, our core technology... Uh, mobile monitoring, uh, predictive vibration and uh, analysis of any rotating asset. Uh, these are things that can go into trucking, uh, into automotive, uh, we've already had conversations with some folks in both of those areas that there, there's some interest, uh, industrial equipment, uh, pumps, motors, fans, uh, that's, that's actually quite, quite a bit more in my wheelhouse than, uh, than rail even. Uh, even though I, I did do a lot with Rela at my at my time at ADM, uh, so there's there's a lot that we can we can go there. And really, at, at Hum, our vision is to integrate the supply chain, right? So once we make this data available, uh, we we want to help connect uh, all the, the disparate parts of it. Uh, so we've we've got a lot of work ahead of us uh, for sure as we, we kind of branch into to different modes and, and different uh, markets. Yeah,
0: and, and, and how big how big is Hum? in mean, as far as
1: uh, personnel. So still just uh, my partner and I and only two full-time employees, we've, we've run this pretty lean uh, as we want to make sure everything checks out. and We've got, a, uh, we've got uh, you know, the right, the right combination of, uh, of uh, tactics to go forward, uh, but we have about 20 probably uh, part-time contractors or part-time and contract uh, folks working in, in various aspects of product development and research and other things.
0: Yeah. Okay. Great. Um, so, uh, you know, one of the, one of the things that we're you know trying to do here in St. Louis is obviously build um, uh, an environment where we're kind of recognized as the um, geospatial um, center of excellence for for the nation. And you know, so you've been in this entrepreneur space uh, a little while. Um, kind of what you know, and it doesn't have to be on the geospatial side, but on the entrepreneurial side. Um, what, what do you think we do well in this environment and what things um, do you think would, would help um, uh, either progress um, the entrepreneurial space or, or add value to it?
1: Yeah, I think this is one of the most underrated parts of St. Louis is is the entrepreneurial ecosystem. That's what I tell most any other you know founder or, or CEO that I talk to in in, in uh, the startup world is just how how great it is, and that's one reason we've we've committed to being here long term. You know, we we were awarded an arts grant. We hope to build our company here. Uh, we think there's just tremendous support. Uh, there's there's been no end of resources available uh, that that is just an arms reach away for for us as We've, as we've progressed over the last couple of years, uh, just, just tremendous help here. The capital is available uh, you know, in, in St. Louis and in the Midwest in general. Uh, there's, there's no reason not, not to build, build here. The, the biggest issue that, that I've seen or that we've had, and maybe this just comes from the, the specialized nature of, of what we're building and what we're looking for, is uh, talent recruitment and trying to find people with the right skill sets. And, and I think that that's that's well known and understood. I think there's some, some it sounds like there's some good things moving forward to, to build up expertise and, in uh, you know, even geospatial uh, uh, skill sets, uh, software skill sets. Uh, you know, we're looking for some very specialized stuff in hardware and embedded systems, uh, but it's, and, and maybe this is more of my, <laughs> My limitations in, in recruiting and, and trying to find uh, some people, but uh, uh, you know that's that's been uh, I think a, a bit of a roadblock for us, uh, you know, in, in trying to find uh, some some of this uh, more highly developed talent.
0: No, I I can appreciate that, and I can assure you that um, this community is working multiple avenues to um, uh, establish a, a, a talent pipeline. That- can support multiple industry clusters. So I feel your pain. I know you're where you're at, but rest assured. I mean, there is a, a ton of effort um, in in the works, and and hopefully we can. Um, if we can't recruit the talent, then then we uh, certainly need to, to focus uh, and, and continue to focus on developing it. So you um, certainly appreciate those comments. Um, so what uh, you know, there's always. Uh, you know, we have the audience attending and, and they're always looking to connect. So um, w- w- if there's anything that you could a- ask that you could you know, need help with, what, what, would you, uh, what would you ask for?
1: I mean, we're always looking to connect with, with potential customers, right? Uh, uh, rail car lessors, uh, those that, that lease rail cars to the industry, uh, shippers, anyone who ships product by rail. Uh, whether they own, own the actual rail car or not, uh, you know, there's there's uh, quite a few industries here in, in St. Louis that, that utilize rail. Uh, we've we've got some great access to Class ones here. And any anyone working in the rail industry, uh, railroads or or OEM rail car manufacturers, uh, those those connections always do a lot, if nothing more than to to help us understand our our customers better, right? And then beyond that, uh, the uh, mentorship from a technology perspective, uh, there's, it came about just understanding what, what's already out there, what's been built and the, and the uh, opportunities and limitations with that. Uh, there's, there's a lot of fast moving, uh, rapidly uh, developing technology that, that we wanna integrate uh, into, into our products. And so uh, anyone in, in the geospatial field, embedded systems engineering, um, advanced analytics, artificial intelligence, machine learning, uh, we incorporate all that in, in our product So, uh, and, and all this stuff is not what my degree is in chemical engineering. Remember, right. I can tell you about the uh, reaction kinetics and, and separations and such. Uh, this is, this is stuff I'm learning on the fly. So, uh, anyone who, who does, does have experience or connections with, with those sort of folks, always interested in talking with them.
0: Yeah. And, and, and I'm sure if anybody is on line from U S transportation command or, or uh, has some connections over there. I'm sure um, that that would be a benefit to to Byron. So, um, all right. Before um, I turn it over to the audience to ask questions, um, we never let anybody off the stage without uh, uh, learning more about uh, what they do in their free time when they're not um, grinding on their uh, their uh, their startup. And so, you know, what uh, what can we find uh, Byron Porter doing? Uh, in the off hours?
1: (laughs) Well, I don't know if there really are off hours, but fortunately I've got a family, uh, a wonderful wife and and two boys who who keep me grounded a bit uh, that I spend, uh, at least try to spend uh, any time I'm not working on hum with with them. Uh, I think we've got some plans to go launch some rockets here tomorrow. Oh, nice. uh, that will hopefully uh, help them. I unfortunately uh, they already got the, the 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 preconditions of being engineers themselves. They're very very much into Legos and such. So uh, I think the the curse uh, it continues. <laughs> uh, but other than that, I you know I enjoy running, soccer. Uh, uh, always always up for anything. So uh, I, I, I don't know that doesn't seem to get a lot of attention these days. But uh, it's mostly mostly home.
0: Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. So, um, that, well, first of all, I, I want to thank you um, for not only um, you know contributing to the geospatial ecosystem here and and uh, affording me the opportunity to to, to you know, talk to you and understand your technology uh, here at T-Rex, um, but also for you know for, uh, sitting in on our panel today, educating um, uh, our. our uh, ecosystem to what, what you're doing and how you're doing and I'm certainly excited that um, you know you took a technology and now are integrating geospatial um, data and and technologies to to make it even better so that, that, uh, that that's super exciting to me and uh, uh, it's uh, appreciative of um, uh, arch grants for uh, get it, giving you this grant that allow you to continue this um uh, this development, which is which is so important to the industry. So, with that, I'll quit babbling and open it up for any questions or comments. I don't know, BJ, are you going to open up the mics?
2: Yeah, we've got a few uh, typed in here already. Uh, you kind of touched upon this a little bit with uh, with manufacturing start of January, but uh, can you go uh, kind of how you began the prototyping of your devices?
1: Yeah. Uh... But the, the prototyping really began uh, more than a year and a half ago, I guess, when I, I threw a, a hundred bucks at a couple of college students and said, what can you do with this? Uh, I, I had absolutely no idea what on earth I was even really approaching. Uh, and it kind of started with that and it's kind of grown, uh, grown from there. So we're on uh, our third iteration of, of our core product and uh we've got our, our our second revision of those those boards just rolling off the line here uh, next week uh and so uh you know what started with just uh first first some college students uh in the engineering school at WashU, uh, and then with some contractors uh trying to, to figure out what was possible uh you know we've we've kind of uh, come quite a, quite a way since now
2: great uh and uh we have another question. Uh, is there uh, any software development or embedded development skills, uh, skill sets that you're specifically looking for?
1: Yeah. The the biggest thing for us is finding someone who's competent uh, or have some experience and familiarity with uh, a wireless protocol called LoRa. Uh, and I can't remember what that stands for, L-O-R-A. Um, it is, you could think of it as a, an alternative to Bluetooth. It operates on a different end of the spectrum, uh, but it's it's critical for uh, our system to function. Bluetooth doesn't work in our environment. It doesn't work um, around a rail car, long range. Uh, it has has several limitations, unfortunately, because it is is much cheaper and easier to find, and there's a lot more uh, uh, people who have who have developed with it. So that's that's the uh, the hardest thing for us to find our. our uh, Embedded systems engineers who are familiar with with uh, LoRa. Other than that, just uh, the normal uh, uh, kind of IoT skill sets and being able to to uh, to write an I two C UART yeah UART you, um, you know PCB design and board bring up and and those sorts of things are, are kind of what we look for.
2: Okay. Uh, I I have a question from myself. This wasn't submitted uh, from the audience. Um, I, I have a. Uh, personal, uh, my uh, kind of touchy. Don't mean to make this emotional. Uh, my wife's sister, she lost her sister in a in a rail accident. Um, yeah, I know you mentioned safety issues. Uh, I know this this wouldn't be necessarily a priority for your company necessarily, but since you mentioned uh, safety issues, could you talk a little bit about how your technology could help help save lives in in rail accident issues like this?
1: Yeah, no, you know, I'm sorry to hear about that too, BJ. That's, that's pretty tragic, you know, and, and I spent a lot of time working on personnel safety when I was at a manufacturing plant. It just goes back to uh, my first month in charge of an $8 million project. And I was, I was barely a year out of school. Uh, and I had a, one of my contractors, I, I had about 70 contractors I was overseeing. One of them pulled down on a 25 pound uh, beam trolley, uh, which you used to to move on a steel beam overhead, right on his fingers, uh, and broke them, uh, and of you know, like 10 feet from me. Uh, and ever since then, I've been pretty uh, pretty interested in trying to to make it a little bit safer for for folks working uh, in an environment where there's uh, known hazards. Uh, and and my first the first product idea that I had for hum was uh, a, a more uh, indication in the rail yard uh, as where rail cars were at. In 2016 at ADM, we had two fatalities from people who got uh, either pinched by or, or crushed by rail cars in the rail yard, just normal daily activity. Uh, and it's, it's, a, it's a shame that that still happens today and that's not uncommon. Uh, and there's, there's ways that uh, we can we can change that. And so one thing that we will be doing long-term is creating a, a live digital map. And this is kind of a step, and we've talked with, with several of the large railroads about this, uh, and that's this is in fact, is where that sub meter accuracy uh, that I've, I've been searching for Mark is, is leading to of uh, where you can have automated rail yards. Uh, so you can get folks out of there and away from rail cars uh, because they, they, are, they are very dangerous and people don't realize just how dangerous they are. Uh, And so by providing GPS tracking on rail cars, you can know exactly where rail cars are at and where they're moving at any point in time. Uh, That was that was the the original idea for Hum was to provide that visibility in the rail yard so that you don't have, uh, you know, so every everyone in the rail yard can have a tablet with them and they can see exactly what what cars are moving. Uh, and so no one's caught by surprise as what happened with those those two fatalities. So that's that's near and dear to my heart. We're going to do everything we can to try and make uh, make rail safer in that respect uh, and so uh, you know that's that's kind of uh, a big part of us where we want to go.
0: Yeah um, ca- having a common operational picture is, is as important for military intelligence as it is for um, you know rail, rail safety but you know having everybody Seeing the same thing at the same time is is essential. So, um, yeah. Any other questions or comments? I see Kathleen Klein has raised her hand. All right.
3: This is cool. I haven't done that yet. Sorry. (laughs) Can you guys hear me? Yes. Yeah. So, um, Byron, I had to walk away for one second, so I'm hoping you didn't already say this, but um, I'm interested in, and I'm kind of going backwards, because I didn't know much about what you're doing um, until really, like, now. This is when I've learned the most about the- company. And so I'm sort of going backwards in my mind, like, well, this automatically sounds like a geospatial concept, right? And I'm like, how could you have um, come up with this kind of without that application in mind? So I guess what I'm a little interested in is like, and again, I apologize if you've already said this, but when did like the light bulb kind of go off that, you know, you're seeing all the stuff you know bubbling up in st louis and in t-rex about about geospatial tech when did that what was that moment where you realized like this is applicable to what i'm doing i guess that's really my question
1: yeah so one of the one of the early things we wanted to do um you know talking about our safety use case one of the the ones after that then was was tracking of rail cars right and because. Right now, you have—if you're a shipper—you have no idea where your rail cars are at. You get a snapshot uh, that's 24 hours late, like every day, uh, and so it's it's as good as useless. And there's there's a lot of frustration in the industry, and there's a lot of reasons for that that I won't get into right here. Uh, but being able to provide predictive ETAs on when your train is going to show up or your rail cars are going to show up—that that was that was pretty early on. Now. Um, up until when I met Mark here, I think uh, a little more than a year ago, and, and started trying to to explore what geospatial was and what we could do with it. You know, trying to understand what the uh, the tools were out there uh, for for geospatial. Um, you know, I still uh, still you know I saw a lot of a lot of pieces, and and I knew that we could kind of put some things together, but I still didn't know what the value was long term. Now we've got some some really exciting stuff. Uh, developing, and this is primarily a use case for railroads, we actually got a call with a European railroad here uh, this week uh, and talking more about what they're doing with it. But now, combined with our sensor data, where we can get live live tracking of of the actual rail track, we can get a live condition monitoring uh, as, as hundreds of rail cars move over the same track with our sensors. Uh, We can put together some uh, another layer of data uh, that's pretty interesting with with uh, some of the imagery analysis that you can get, say, get from a drone. Uh, And we've we've got some uh, some of the biggest railroads here in in North America that are are interested in this. We've got some conversations set up with them. And even that, I think, is still just just scratching the surface, really, on what we can do. Uh, And I think it's going to be pretty exciting going forward once we have. Uh, have some new data sets coming in and, and we have uh, uh, at least we get more familiar with with some of what's offered, especially like through folks like Esri, um, of what we can uh, kind of pull out uh, once the data then becomes available. Uh, because that's that's what we bring to the table and no one else has then is that kind of live mobile rail car monitoring data, mobile track monitoring data uh, that, that doesn't currently exist and you, you can't get from, from even uh, uh, just satellite or drone imagery.
0: Hey, Byron, along those lines, I mean, so, I mean, being able to tell where these rail cars are at any time and whether they met their delivery um, site, I mean, wouldn't that also be a huge advantage to the insurance companies that end up paying off, um, you know, for, you know, potentially fraudulent claims that, hey, the the rail, um, rail car didn't show up and deliver the product. And, you know, sometimes it's, you know, instead of backtracking through that, sometimes they just it off?
1: There are massive inefficiencies all through the system and you're hitting on one of them. And It's fortunate one of our investors is, is a, uh, a, a veteran in the insurance industry uh, and he's very familiar with some of these. Um, it's it's shocking, but you know, very prominent um, uh, industrial companies lose rail cars for six months or more uh, and have no idea where they actually are in the country. They could be full product. And sometimes that product could be dangerous uh, and nobody nobody uh, is, uh, knows, you know, more, more, the more dangerous stuff is has to be, uh, I think, uh, have some sort of monitoring on it. But there's still a lot of valuable product out there that no one knows where it's at. And, and so then, yeah, do the insurance claims come through and, and how is that taken care of? Uh, one of big issue is in, in the rail industry, and this is kind of between uh, railroads and shippers, is something called demurrage. And that's where you have, say, uh, a railroad asset. You have a rail car owned by the railroad that you're moving product in. You pay for that, right? And the railroads to run an efficient network, uh, they charge you money for every day that you hold on to that past a certain point in time. And so you can imagine disputes. on, oh, Was this actually set in at that time or was it not? Uh, What time was it actually set in? Because the time of day matters too. Well, we can then digitize all of You have an automatic record, and this is maybe where uh, some things with uh, distributed ledger technology get interesting. Uh, You can create automated transactions on these, and and you eliminate the massive back office work that, that, uh, you know, I've heard some people have 15, 20 people working on this stuff, uh, just auditing bills and chasing papers back and Mm -hmm. forth and such. Geospatial solves that, right? You have a geofence trigger. You know exactly when that rail car enters that rail yard. You have a timestamp associated with it. It's irrefutable, and everybody's agreed with it. So there's some, there's some uh, uh, maybe less sexy, but but very, uh, very uh, uh, interesting things that we can do with this. Okay. Any
0: any other? Questions or comments from uh, Speaking of the
2: here, our uh, last question in the uh, Q&A here is, Mark, why haven't you asked Austin Powers any questions?
0: <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's actually pretty boring. He, uh, he doesn't say a lot. But, uh, but he looks good. So
2: oh, anyway. Um, I, I don't see any, uh, any further questions. Uh, if anyone has any last second, last call to get them in. Uh, otherwise, I dropped uh, Mark's email in the chat there. Pretty easy. Mark at downtowntrex.org. Uh, so if you ever think of anything after the fact, feel free to uh, to email us and we can uh, we can help you.
0: Yeah, and, and I guess with that, um, Byron, how how can people get a hold of you if they have any follow ups with you or want to connect you with uh, people you need connected to?
1: Yeah, you can email me at uh, Byron at homeindustrial.com or or check our website Uh we got phone number and email in there too, so uh, uh, feel free to feel free to reach out and and again, if we can be a, a help at all uh, as well uh, if, uh, as a technology resource or uh, anything to do with rail supply chain or, or even industrial manufacturing, always always happy to to be a sounding board and answer questions for folks.
0: All right, well, we we appreciate it again, Byron, and um, thanks again to Arch Grants for. Um, the geospatial awards this year uh, will continue to highlight them. Um, this is a great initiative, and um, you know they're they're part of uh, of the geospatial innovation center, and we're uh, we're blessed to have them. So uh, one public service announcement before um, we end. Um, so uh, you'll see in the in the coming weeks, um, T Rex and Cortex have uh, collaborated uh, on an effort to. Bring a bigger spotlight on geospatial um, uh, to at a national level. So we're we're actually starting uh, a, a speaker series that's going to be called Geo Innovations, and the whole idea. Well, it's the is twofold: one, to bring the two innovation centers, um, you know, to collaborate together, and secondly, to bring uh, open up that aperture a little bit on all of the good activities that are taking place in St. Louis. So uh, we we thought we'd start out with this national speaker series. And so um, right out of the gate and February 3rd, we're gonna have uh, Dr. Chris Tucker, who is the chairman of the American uh, Geographic Society. And um, I know in in March, we're gonna have Tony Frazier, CEO of Maxar. So uh, a lot of, um, we we have the, the speaker's lined up through August right now, and its uh, it, it, I think you'll really be impressed. And I think it's a great opportunity um, having uh, T-Rex and, and Cortex collaborate on something. So looking forward to that. Looking forward to you, um, you all being back next month. And again, one final thank you uh, to you, Byron. Appreciate it.
1: Yeah, no, thanks, Mark.
0: All right, we are over and out.